Alrighty then. Let's banter for a bit before we officially start. Like what we usually do with the MBS show. <laughs> I was gonna say I, 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 I look nervous. Pardon? Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm. I'll, truth be told, I'm nervous for every public present. It's just part of. Part of the. They, there's a reason to say death in public speaking are the two greatest fears. Oh, true that. True that. But. Uh, for me, it's the messing up of stuff. Like I don't want to mess up, especially with you guys around. I, 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 I technically it's my okay. perfectionist. We, well, well, now, oh, perfectionist, we can overcome that because we are live. Oh, sweet. all right, all right. So take it away, Norman. All right, are we? Are we on? We on? We are. All We're right, on. Then. So, hello and welcome to the MBS show. Reviews and discussion podcast. I am your host, Norman Sanzo, and well, we are here today to review the season nine. Uh, what do you want to call this? Finale. Finale. Yes. Joining me today is Silver Quill. Look upon my IRL bronies and despair. And also joining us today is Totera. This is my first time showing myself in public. Don't look at me. I'm hideous. <laughs> oh, you look Just good. Just focus on Pokeballs. That's okay. Remember, BronyCon, I got your great ball right here. <laughs> oh, dear. So, anywho, um, before we hit into the review, uh, first impressions are, sorry, um, do I need to read the synopsis? Because I feel like I do need to read the synopsis for a bit. Read the synopsis. It's oh, part right. of the fun. All right, so, yeah. right. so uh, in this first part, Queen Chrysalis and Lord T-Rex and Cozy Glow unleash their unified might on Equestria and it's up to the main six to save the kingdom. Um, there's a part one, so I'm f I have a feeling that they're not going to do great. So first impressions <laughs> are in order. Silver, what do you think? Well, they have to save the kingdom and they fail. <laughs> Bad. I mean, but sorry, uh, but for something that's called the ending of the end, I think that's uh, that's to be expected. Oh, uh, this Silver, is... uh -huh. sorry, uh, the people on the YouTube uh, channel, channel, they say they can't hear you. They can't hear. Hmm. Hmm. Microphone. So uh, while Where's Silver is trying to fix his Curses. audio, Tara, what about you? Well, I really like this. I mean. I don't understand what the whole uh, thing was with people attacking. Um, I forget the guy's name, but I don't know what the whole point of attacking was. I mean, I know, I think I guess I could see why when we go into the certain scene. But in my opinion, I really like the series finale, or at least this part, because I know there's a prologue. But we'll talk about it another time. But from what for what it is, I really liked how it ended with yeah. how the first part is. Can you hear me now? I can hear you. Yeah, I don't we, know if the can. stream can hear you, though. We can. Well, let's, uh, uh, I will pause it to the stream, then. Right. Can you find people hear me? I'm sure they can, probably. Hope so. Yeah, they can hear you. I'm listening on the YouTube stream. They can hear All you now. All right, then. So, Marvelous. So, Silver, you were seeing? Well, I was saying, first, Bert Norman, I must apologize. Uh, I had to stop my independent recording to make sure that it wasn't monopolizing the microphone. All right, then. 
So that's just part of the fun of technology. <laughs> but here they are. They tried, they failed. We've been building to this for a very long time, uh, all over season nine. But here's the funny thing. We've been watching the villains progress toward the main six. This is Their progression is going to happen during this episode, not before. And so it's just, it's been a strange of sort of one-sided rising tension and one side oblivious. So getting to see that come to a head, getting to see that now the culmination of the uh, triads battle and their goal is the start of the main six's goal uh, growth into an even stronger governing force. So it's like one journey ends, another begins, which I think is a very good theme for this episode. Hmm. All right, all right, all right. And as for me, this episode was a lot of fun going into it. Um, Rewatching it, I, I see a lot of, uh, what you call this, things that were set up from the beginning of the season. And it does raise a lot of questions with how certain things interact with others. Because when you take a look-see, where certain things happen, like, um, how do I put this? The rumors and stuff, like, they didn't really tell us they didn't really uh, show us about it we kind of knew it near the end so it was <laughs> the deceit of certain characters came out of nowhere so that kind of sucks <clears throat> but anywho um, if you guys have not watched this episode yet why not because this is awesome you should but I mean it's just like the Avengers Endgame you should have seen this by now I will not be held accountable for spoilers. There's, yep. a, there's a theory about this because if they don't watch the finale, that means the show's never end. The show's never ending for them. Mm, that's like Homer Simpson mm. saying, if I don't see it, it's not illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, but anywho, uh, if, you know, if you have not watched this yet, pause here and go do so. Um, this is going to be weird because here's where I usually... Pause for dramatic effect, but um, welcome back. <laughs> yeah, so, we're still here. This is live stream. Yeah, you can't pause us except in the rerun. Yeah, but anywho, uh, we start off the episode with Queen Chrysalis in her unicorn form, uh, going up to a unicorn, talking to him, uh, talking to him about rumors about how the Earth ponies are keeping their stash away from the other ponies, and the unicorn believes him, and well. He's being a jerk to Mrs. Cake. And with that, Queen Chrysalis heads back to her lair where she meets up with the others. We get to see Cozy Glow telling the group that she's done her part with the rumors and lying. And Lord T-Rex here has been doing research on how to activate the bell. And it seems that he has discovered the certain spell to activate the bell and does so, giving all three of the villains unlimited power? <clears throat> They've gone Palpatine. Unlimited power! Uh, for me, it's more like phenomenal cosmic power. Yeah, probably, probably. But anywho, with that, we get to see Grogar coming back to the crew, telling them, yo, I have a plan, but you guys need to work together. But... The crew says, yeah, we're going to work together, but not with you. And turns the bell to him, sucking his energy dry and revealing that 
It was Discord the whole time. See what? You thought it was Grogar leading you, but it was me, Discord. <laughs> and I'm going to pause here. So, guys, uh, Silver, what do you think, man? Well, I remember watching this, and my first uh, uh, reaction was, okay, what? Because, I mean, here's Grogar. I've been looking forward to seeing this guy who's hyped up as the father of monsters, the first emperor of Equestria, the the biggest of bad that all other bads look up to. It's like, Senpai recruited me. But uh, now it's Discord. And you're like, oh no. We, I've lost my chance to see the Grogar in action. But here's the funny thing. We're going to get to witness Grogar's power at play. The bell and all the power it supplies is going to be expressed through Cozy, T-Rex, and Chrysalis. But how Grogar would have expressed that power is lost to us. And we won't get to see it. And that actually felt, felt disappointing. I was looking forward to seeing how Twilight would overcome a pinnacle of evil. But on reflection, I also thought, well, think about all I've seen so far. Uh, Frenemies, the summer sun setback. We got to see them learning to work as a team, them growing together, them scheming together. This has always been about the, the triad. Grogar was sort of a motivating force. But in the end, it was never really about him. And so in hindsight, it makes sense. But in the moment, it felt disappointing. Hmm. All right, all right, all right. And Tara, what about you? Okay, well, for me, when I first saw this, I was like, what? It was Discord the whole time. And in the back of my mind, I didn't really think like, oh, I'm kind of disappointed. Because I first got into MLP through this generation. So I don't know much about Grogar in the past. But also, too, because I've been watching it since season... Because I got into it at season two, so I kind of have to go back. But then when I saw Grogar, I'm like, ooh, this guy looks interesting. And then I see, like, you know, he's the father of monsters, the master of, like, you know, the big villain. So I'm th thinking, oh, this is going to be great. But then start raising questions where it's like, wait a minute, the Grogar wants the bell, but yet when they hide it, you think he would sense the power of his own bell when they were hiding it. And I've, I talked about this when we talked about frenemies in the past, because it's like, he's the father of monsters. He made these guys. So wouldn't he know that they're trying to turn his back against him? But then Lord, all of a sudden, we see that's Discord. So it's like, okay, it makes sense because Discord didn't actually make them. Yeah, he's pretending to be Grogar, but he's not the real Grogar. And we see too how powerful Grogar can actually be where Discord's chaos magic is gone. I mean, sure, T-Rex ate it, but his magic's just taken away and it could be cast on someone else if it wanted to be. And Discord just loses his power completely where he has to walk, run away instead. And yeah. I can see why people are upset because I was upset myself because I was like, oh, but I was kind of looking forward to see this big villain and see how Twilight and the main other main six would handle him. Mm -hmm. I, I remember something that you said, Silver, in a previous episode. Uh, what was it? The the one where they were looking for Grogas Bell? Uh, uh, in Frenemies? Yeah. Um, this, uh, sorry, Grogas said that the, he doesn't trust them at all, but near the end, he kind of dismissed them and trust them? Something like that? Like, what, what you mentioned, they're stuck. Well, I, I'm glad to you. I say a lot of things in these podcasts, including, wee 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 <laughs> And, and not to mention you talk uh, Japanese or North Kauai thing. Oh, come in the side. But so I say a lot. I appreciate if anyone actually remembers what I say. Uh, but yeah, he 
he dismisses them. He, this is this is Discord shining through. Uh, well, okay, shining might be the wrong word, but it is Pat's Discord. He thinks he's the only one who can scheme. He thinks he's the only one smart enough to manipulate. It never crosses his mind that others may be playing him. And that's probably his greatest weakness. True, 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 true. But let's carry on. Although, it's very good. Well, actually, before you do, Norman, I just, I just want to ask, you mentioned earlier that Earth Ponies were hiding a secret stash. Um, they, they were hiding the crops. <laughs> okay, I was, because, well, you know, I'm not against if, if the Earth Ponies want to do that kind of farming. But, yeah, did you bring it up for me, I swear. <laughs> It's it's all on Terra. Uh, it's all on Terra. It's all on Terra. Oh, Terra! Is your is your OC really a mobile factory? No. You know, take the edge off. No, just because he has a tree on his back does not mean that he carries that kind of stuff. That we know of. Ooh, new OC confirmed. <laughs> so anywho, I'm going to carry on. So in <laughs> the next scene, in the next scene, we see Twilight in the royal throne room getting ready. Uh, to ascend to rule Equestria, uh, she calls on Spike, telling him that, Yo, Spike, I have a new position for you. I just made it up, and it's called the Royal Advisor. Uh, you've been with me for a long time now. Here, here's the medal, or whatever it is. I really want you on my side. They hug it out, tears are shed, and they head off to see the other, fr um, the other ponies, her friends. So, talking about her friends... We see the street of Cantalot bare and barren. Uh, Fluttershy and Rarity head to a stall where they're going to pick something up for Fluttershy, Pinkie Pie. But it seems that the store is empty and the Earth Pony vendor doesn't really want to sell anything to them at all except a rotten potato. So they say that they'll head somewhere else and meet up with Twilight and Rainbow Dash. Um, Rainbow Dash tells the crew that hey, um, clouds are clear, but somehow the other Pegasi didn't really seem excited in helping clean up the sky, and they seem to be a bit on edge, like something's going to go wrong. Rarity just says, "Oh, uh, we're going to change leaders from a millennia before, so everybody's got a bit jittery. So this is normal. This is normal." And the whole crew goes back to Candlelight Castle. And at the castle, we see Applejack being somehow shadowed over by a guard pony. And we see that the guard pony thinks she might swipe the cutleries. Like, hmm, there's something wrong with her. And it seems that Pinkie Pie helping in the kitchen seems that there's a lot of chaos going in there. Like food fights between earth ponies and unicorns. That doesn't seem right at all. And talking about chaos, Discord appears. So Discord is here telling the crew that, hey guys, I have bad news. Um, Remember King Sombra? It was kind of my fault. I'm sorry. And I also brought back the other three villains. Yay. So who wants to go party? Anyway, I'm going to pause here. Tara, what do you think? I was first last time. Oh, that was Silver, because Silver had to do sound check. I had to switch to you. Technical difficulty. Yeah. yeah. So go, Torterra. Okay. Go. Well, I can't really say much, but I mean, 
the whole controversy of uh, species being racist towards each other. I mean, I know the feeling because in my world, uh, I don't like fire types and water types don't like me. So, you know, that's the Pokemon world for you. But another thing too is that you think that, because uh, I love how Twilight, she, from her past experience of like panicking and everything like that, she doesn't panic too much. She's like, oh, a lot of ponies are missing. What's going on here? I Instead, she's just like, oh, because she's got Rarity there, obviously, to be the voice of reason, saying, oh, they're all nervous about a new ruler. And even though she's still kind of calm about it, as things get worse and worse with the guard pony being around Applejack, and then all the muffins come out, that's when she starts worrying and talking to Rarity, being like, are you sure this isn't because of rule of change here? I mean, there's also social distancing, so that makes sense. But you gotta remember, this happened be- before all this happened. Uh, very topical. Uh, anything more? Maybe slightly inappropriate, I don't know. I mean, uh, we, we have to keep our distance if we are not healthy. But anyway, Silver, what about you? Well, this leads to probably the biggest debate about this episode, Discord's role in ruining everything and basically making the situation worse. And also his punishment at the end or lack thereof. Uh, this is his, in my eyes, this is his version of Lesson Zero. He decided that he's on board with this whole friendship thing. He wants to do it, it but his own way. So he's going to make a problem to help Twilight realize how far she's come. This isn't too different from Twilight and the one it needed spell, except on a much grander scale because Discord's power itself is much grander. Uh, I forget how Dumbledore exactly said it, but... Uh, as I tend to be rather exceptional, I make very exceptional mistakes. That, but, yeah, they, they have every right to be mad at him, and he should be, like, two feet tall. If anything, when he's making uh, excuses or justifications, you just dislike him all the more. But, but as I'm quoting... Sorry, go ahead. Hmm? But as I'm quoting from other uh, media, I think I should also quote uh, the Ancient One on the apparent tribalism that's forced its way back into ponies. We never slay our demons, we only rise above them. <laughs> you, you can, I don't think you can ever wipe out an awareness of some difference, even something superficial. You can, however, help people rise above that. Mm-hmm. But to me, what Discord was doing, right? Like, he... How do I put this? His heart was in the right place, but the way he, that he did it was wrong. Like, the reason he gave was, okay, I was just trying to give Twilight some confidence in her ability because I see that she can be a good leader, but just needs the right push, right motivation. And I think what, in part two, there's a lot I have to say about certain scenes, but when we reach there, I'll point it out. Actually, I do want to add, though, mm-hmm. I do like how Discord was kind of setting up for this part because I forget the name of the episode, but it's when Chrysalis, T-Rex, and Cozy Go are trying to mess up the Summer Sun celebration. And I also pointed this out too in the past one, but I couldn't say because spoilers, we weren't there yet. Mm-hmm. But now I can say it. I feel like Discord teleported them, like teleported all of the main five in front of the, the triad on purpose. So that way they can explain their schedule, like the cue cards in front of them so that they can mess things up for them 
only for all of them to work together and to see if Twilight would freak out. But no, then Discord's like, oh, she's going to freak out. Let's see. And then she didn't freak out. And Discord's like, oh, she learned her lesson. That's when you see Discord up in the cloud saying, your biggest lesson is coming soon. Hmm. I like that theory, especially as it takes advantage of the pony's crippling lack of an inner monologue. And their strange need to exposit, like everything. The only way you could, the only way he could get more exposition out of them is if he teleported them onto the train. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that dang train, it has some effect on the mind. Uh, so true, so true. But anywho, I'm going to carry on. So in the next scene, we see Discord explaining the whole situation to the crew, including uh, Princess Celestia and Luna. And I, I just. Re <laughs> By this point, I'm just repeating what I just said. So, Princess Celestia just tears him a new one because what you did there was so dangerous that you guys are... Sorry, that you have not only condemned Equestria, but you shattered Twilight's confidence. And talking about Twilight's confidence, hearing that Discord was there to... Uh, be a safety net for them, crush Twilight's confidence in her role as a leader at all. So, with that, uh, Twilight strikes up a plan because, well, Twilight is Twilight and thinking that she can do the job, recruits the pillars, talks to Starlight, telling her to get the students to safety and telling her family-in-law to well keep guard just in case and we see that in the next scene we see that the villains are trying to use the chaos magic and it doesn't go well for them because chaos magic is really really strange and dangerous so they scrap that idea and prepare to attack all of Equestria at once well, not really all of Equestria, but some of it. So, anywho, uh, the first attack is on Cantalot. We see Cozy Glow going in and giving the smackdown to the guards. And let's just say the guards are hmm, not great. Useless as always? Uh, yes, yes. That's, that's, that's a good one. But you have to remember that Cozy here is an alicorn. And she's powerful? I mean... <sighs> Still. Overpowered OC, unsubscribe, worst character ever. <laughs> oh, man. She's the definition of a Mary Sue. Oh, man. But still, but still. Um, Cozy Glow gives a smackdown to everybody there. And T-Rex comes in hopping like the Incredible Hulk. And let's just say that he gives the pillars a... Well, let's just say that there's no challenge for him. Nobody has a chance to beat him up. Like, they're just weak. And we, we get to see, well, the coolest fight scene ever between uh, Queen Chrysalis and Starlight. Queen Chrysalis heads to the school, calling out Starlight. And words cannot describe how awesome this is. Let's just say that this fight scene was done really, really well. The previous one was with T-Rex and Twilight, and I have to say that this comes in at a strong 
second or tied for first in terms of the show's episode. So the fight goes as well as it can, but since Chrysalis is powered up, uh, Starlight loses the fight. And with that, our heroes here are overwhelmed by the villains. Uh, the, the, the heroes tries to fight them, but it seems that they are underpowered for the situation. And with that, uh, how do I put this? And with that, Twilight. They're and, all doomed. Oh yeah, but before Twilight uh, gets um, defeated by the villains, um, all of her friends tell her to run away and find a plan to defeat the bad guys. And so she does, and our heroes are, well, fade into the light. And with that, episode 1 ends, and episode 2. So I'm just going to pause here and ask for you guys' opinion. So what do you think, Silver? Okay, the three fights. Uh, in my eyes, they represent the three fights often seen in My Little Pony. On the one hand, you have T-Rex, who's always been great at the physical. I mean, he is the most brutal. He's smacking ponies into one another, tossing them around. It's the kind of violence you don't wouldn't expect from this. And therefore, the Dragon Ball Z fan said, <laughs> <laughs> "But uh, in Chrysalis and Starlight, it is a magic battle. They are they rarely are actually trying to physically hit one another. Instead, it's a magic blast." that often takes a greater toll on the environment. Uh, and plus, a great deal of it is Starlight teleporting Chrysalis to uh, all over Equestria, including the most remote region. Part of me was always wondering, why didn't you just teleport her and then teleport away? Does she know how to follow you that way? It's like tracking someone through hyperspace. <laughs> but uh, I, I think that would have been on it more hilarious if more frustrating you see chrysalis charging across the landscape here it teleports sound effect sound effect and she's charging across it it's like stop that i will say at the end of the fight we're basically starlight's trying to do the really cool walk away explosion it doesn't work out but given that we saw that chrysalis caught grogar by hawking a loogie at his hooves i don't want to know where those cocoon tendrils come from uh, yeah. I mean, part, part, part of me asked that question, but then I say, no, bad imagination, bad, stop it, stop. Uh, and then we have the third fight, which is against Cozy Glow. And it makes sense for Cozy to attack Cantrell because T-Rex already had uh, an assault against Can Conquering Cantrellot and uh, Twilight. Chrysalis has made Celestia Pinata twice. Cozy's the only one who's never gotten to cry. And her attack is more comical. This is the play fight. Because while the stakes are high, the tactics are absurdist. She teleports the guards into the moat, uh, which shows she's smarter than Starlight. Uh, <laughs> she, okay, she drains the princesses of their magic. That's a pretty serious scene. But the main six's counterattack is to attack with geese and confetti and being kind of silly. My only complaint there is that they were clearly in the throne room. And then Twilight apparently told them all, hey, hide behind the throne. This will be cool. <laughs> so when we cut back to them, it's supposed to be this big surprise that they're coming out from behind the throne. 
as Shining Armor did back in uh, Sparkle 7. It's like, that, you, that doesn't make any sense. Cozy would be like, you were behind the throne the whole time? Wow, it's not like I saw you go there. <laughs> but it's one of those things where Cozy's fight was slapstick humor, but it's kind of using the pony's strength to the advantage. Like Pinkie Pie used her party cannon, Rainbow Dash uses her speed and whatnot. I mean, at least the main six did something while the guards are... What did you say, Terra? Being useless, as uh, always? Yes, yes. I mean... Save that critique for Caden's shining armor. Oh, God, yeah. But anywho, Terra, <laughs> what about you? Well, I... Because uh, you only saw, like, the Pillars of Equestria fight in, like, flashbacks and then with the Pony Shadows. It's nice to see them take on a new foe. Now, I don't know if it's a foe that they're familiar with because T-Rex is a very old guy, but we don't know how, if they were around when T-Rex was around. But it is great to see them fight, but it's not really the focus on them, so that's why you kind of see them as not necessarily useless. Like, they do put up a decent amount of a fight, but you see when Shovelhoof... Uh, Shovelhoof? No. What am I saying? Rockhoof. <laughs> when Rockhoof is about to charge in at T-Rex, because, you know, he's a big guy... Tyrion just basically stomps on the ground and just knocks him out. I was like, wow, okay. Because, again, the focus isn't really on them. It's about them storming into Canto a lot. And can't really say much about Starlight and Chrysalis because Chrysalis, she's just so bloodthirsty and revenge that she just wants to zap Starlight. And uh, I know some people probably suffer from this. When you're angry at a video game, it's hard to focus. <laughs> you can't hit the target when you're angry. And that's pretty much what Chrysalis is doing. She's getting so angry where she can't hit her target. And she's basically telling Starlight, stay still so I could blast you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, too, with oh. uh, what, what you guys said, I mean, with T-Rex, his opponents were the pillars of Equestria. And they were no match for him at all. And Queen Chrysalis and Starlight, yeah, the power gap is too high. The one that puzzles me a lot is Cozy Glow and Princess Celestia, Princess Luna, and Princess Twilight. Like, you got three Elecorn versus one new Elecorn, and those three couldn't give a challenge for her? I mean, that seems... But at the same time, probably if they had spent a lot of time fighting, Cozy Glow could have lost the other two came in to save her but that's how I look at it well I, mean... well, I think the reason why they did the fights the, these ways is because with Tyrek and the Pillars it's more like physical fighting which I mean a cartoon show for kids that's rare <laughs> but I guess for the Dragon Ball fans Silver <laughs> yeah but and also then... uh... oh. Sorry. Sorry. With, with the three Alicorns versus one it's true, but then she's also, uh, I have a bell, your power is uh, invalid. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, too. You know what? The, this is what's written on the script, so no matter how much I say, oh, if they do this, if they do that, blah, 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 no, no, it's not going to work. Oh, is, is this the Infinity War? Uh, I've looked at 8 million scenarios. One works. Yeah, and this is the path they have to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. the punters are in the end game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Puns. So anywho, um, let's move on <clears throat> to part two. So we start off part two with, well, 
the villains trapping the heroes in a cave down in Cantalot Castle. I'm assuming this is the same cave that Queen Chrysalis put Cadence in previously. And the only difference here is that uh, Chrysalis uses her throne to nullify the pony's magic. So the ponies here are stuck there trying to plan on how to escape while the bad guys here fight each other with who gets the power of the Alucon stuff. And well, while they're fighting, we see the main six trying to find an escape plan. Discord says, I'm sorry, I really had the best intentions. Let me make up to you by trying to help you guys escape. So Discord goes up to T-Rex, taunts him. And this is the first time that we get to hear T-Rex's father. Uh, who was it again? King Vorak? And yes. Second is... time. Second time? Because he was in the comics. Oh, no, I mean... the second... Sorry, yeah, okay. Yes, it was the second of the... Uh... Fiendship is magic, which means we have continuity. Awesome. So, no, um, what I mean is uh, this is the first time his name being said in the TV show. So, that is pretty rare. So, for people who got no idea who Vorak is, go read the Fiendship is Magic comic where he was featured in. So, that's cool. Uh, let me see where else. Okay. So, this got taunts T-Rex and he... <coughs> He bites the bait and blasts Discord with his laser beam. And Discord deflects the beam and shattering the gem in Starlight's cage. So she escapes and tries to do a whole lot of damage to the place, uh, giving her enough time to free the main six out of their cell and getting them to escape. So while the ponies escape, they see an earth pony and... Uh, sorry, a unicorn, my bad. They see a unicorn. Uh, said unicorn says, what are you guys doing here? You should go into hiding. Uh, like, I am going to hide in Celestia School for Gifted Unicorns. And the rest of the crew says, this is bad. Like, what Chrysalis said was true. So let's head to the place where we think Twilight might be. And said place is Twilight's castle, Ponyville. And in Ponyville, we get to see a lot of chaos here, where the Earth ponies from all over Equestria, probably, gather and try to find a safe place. Uh, they fight for a bit and Fluttershy steps in saying that this is not right, we should work together, but the other ponies don't want to listen to her. In fact, they just tell her, you guys should do something because you are the hero. So they think of a plan where, well not really think of a plan, they think where could Twilight be because she's not in her castle and well, she's at the Crystal Empire. And I have to say that them traveling to the Crystal Empire in that short span of time is amazing. You know what's even more amazing? What? They literally were told, we're sorry, ponies, your princess is in another castle. <laughs> uh, yes, so true. 
<coughs> but anywho, uh, they meet up with Twilight, and Twilight is going crazy, losing her confidence. Like, she is not having any of it. Like, she says she's a failure, she says she doesn't know what to do, and why did you come to me? Because I fail you guys. Like, you didn't even need my help to escape. And the rest of the crew says, like, Twilight, this is the norm. We are always in a bad situation and we always rise this I'm sorry we always rise from every occasion and uh, I'm gonna pause here because I've been babbling for a long time uh, Silver what do you think well I'm gonna start with expressing my amazement slash frustration at Shining Armor's defense because let's uh, let's go through this the increased guard did not work mostly because he never trained them to fight well uh, the shards that block unfriendly magic actually helped the villain. The Funny enough, the aerial uh, blockade of all those fans never really came into play. But what I consider to be the most absurd defense in Sparkle 7 was actually the winning one. They would have bested Cozy Glow if not for the intervention of the others, all because they hid behind the throne. Even though, again, they... Went, went in there uh, after already been seen. But I'm just like, ah! But now, now that that's all gone south, I, I love the dynamic between the three villains. Uh, a triad is three elements caught in a stalemate. They have no harmonizing force, merely the fact that if one attacks the other, they open themselves to backstab. So it's only because all three are on an equal plane that they can work together. The minute you remove that mutual animosity, the pony, especially Twilight, they are at each other's throats once again. It's, it's a steady stream of trying to outmaneuver one another. They're going to lose if only because they have no harmonizing dynamic. So as for Discord and his aid in their escape, that's going back towards fixing the mistake you caused. To say that that undoes everything is... Sorry, this is not something you can just one and done. Uh, so that's going to be a much longer process for him. I do think, though, that the humiliation and abuse he suffers shows that he's getting a comeuppance, which in some ways temper uh, my frustration with. And then, this will break your heart. Sugar Bell is, is still with the apples and Big Mac is defending her. That makes me swoon. But Lyra is back in uh, Canterlot, not with Bon Bon Sweetie Drops. That just, ah, oh, we just saw the, this is their first fight. <laughs> first real fight. Oh, no. Every relationship's got to go through it. Though. So, and a final frustration. I've ragged on Shining Arm in the past, but that's because I feel they have potential to be more proactive, and yet they're always just standing on a throne waiting for the heroes to come to them and help them. They aren't the ones encouraging Twilight or helping her reaffirm herself. They're waiting for the main six to come in. And I just feel like their characters are always forced into the sideline. Same as saying, oh, be on the defensive for the Crystal Empire. They already spent the season premiere getting captured and humiliated by Sombra. I think they deserve a chance to show their best. 
Mm, all right, all right. Um, before I pass it on to Tara, I just have to point out something here. So, uh, probably Silver, you can add something to it because, uh, when things are getting worse, uh, there's always a, there's always that one thing that can get even worse, and that thing is Windigos. They're real. They're not mystical, like how the ponies think they are, and. Hmm. It seems that the Windigos are back and they are causing trouble. We get to see certain ponies rise up to the occasion and we also get to see Sandbar's parents. That's cool. And yeah, let's just say that things are getting worse. So anything to add to that, Silver? Stick around Equestria long enough and I realize that any myth will prove true. Daring Do was a real person. Awizotl was a real being. Grogar was not just a terrible myth in history. Uh, the, the idol of Boreas was real. So on, so forth. Windigos are real. I, I worry for the ponies' collective imagination in that they don't actually imagine any, except the worst-case scenario. So Twilight's right in her element right now. Oh, true that. All righty then. And Tara, what about you? Well, I'm pretty much going to add on here what Silver said about Cadence's shining armor, <clears throat> because I really want them to have some. I want to have them in the spotlight as well, because most of the time you see them, it's just for like little small episodes or like family get-togethers. But when it comes to something more serious, it's always about the main six. Like I understand they're the main focus of the whole series, but I know in the um, one season opening, I believe it was season. Four or five, I don't remember. The one where Starlight Glimmer took over the village. And instead of the main six saving the day, it was these characters that we just met. And after they got their cutie marks back, they helped the main six and they saved the day. So what what I wish what could have happened is that maybe start when Applejack tells Starlight, go find Twilight. And she goes find them. And then her Twilight and maybe Kane's shining armor, get uh, any character really. And then they can retaliate, retaliate and attack the castle instead of always relying on the main six. Like, I understand that also, too. They're the, going to be the future rulers of Equestria. But I still want at least Cade's Shining Armor or at least a few other characters that are always in the background or on the side to have the mo have a moment in the spotlight. Because Cade's been messed up by Sombra and Chrysalis. Same with uh, uh, Shining Armor. Like, they got to at least fight back. They can't always be a punching bag. True, 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 true. But at the same time, too, uh, there's certain things like Starlight, just one pony. She could recruit them. Like this is similar to the episode where Starlight was going to save the other ponies. But I feel like having her do the job might not work well in this scenario here because the thing is, Star, sorry, Twilight's confidence is shattered. And you, she needs her friends to build her up, to gain, to regain her confidence. And I don't think Starlight is the best candidate for said opportunity. Or I don't think she might be the correct pony for the job. I don't know. She did a pretty good job in uh, school days. Telling while well, Twilight was moping, she gave her the tough love. You need also using her own experience. And here's the thing, I, I don't 
disagree with you that that Twilight needs her friends to to renew herself. They are a big part of her base, but so are her brother and sister-in-law. What would really work well is if Cadence was the one who went and got the ponies to bring them to Crystal Empire. Mm. That would be that would be a positive contribution without stealing the show. True, 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 true. But anyhow, I'm going to carry on because uh, this is going to be a short burst. So we see Twilight moping around, saying that whatever I'm going to do is going to fail. That this is terrible. There's never been a uh, plan that I did that works. Uh, we always had the elements of harmony to back us up. We always Discord, blah, blah, blah. And the rest of the crew just tells her, yo, Twilight, we've been doing this for a while now. And whatever bad situation that we're in, we have always managed to overcome it. So come on. You have everybody here backing you up. And Chris, sorry, uh... And when Twilight gets her confidence back, uh, Cadence and Shining Armor and also Flurry Heart are in there and they want in on the plan. And Twilight just says, uh, no, you guys stay here as the last line of defense because whatever happens, we need your... Well, Cozy Glow will be the future ruler of Equestria or something like that. And uh, Flurry Heart, not Cozy Glow. Yo, my bad, sorry. <laughs> Norman, you joined the dark side here. Oh, you, you all heard it. Norman has turned on Equestria. My bad. I, I, I am bad with pony names. But anywho, um, guards attack. Oh wait, no, they're awful. <laughs> yeah, they're useless. But, but anywho, um, here's what I want to say. Like I've been holding this for a while now because while Twilight beats on herself that I'm the worst, uh, we always needed um, help from the elements and whatnot. But remember the movie? Unless uh, that's non canon. Yes, yeah. There was, well, it was canon, right? Technically, it is. So, yeah. she did all that without the elements at all. She had a friend. Like, she could done it. Like, whatever she said was countered by the movie. Like, Twilight, you're great. You didn't need the safety net from Discord. You think Discord called in the Storm King? Could have. Well, maybe, just maybe, she's probably she'd probably like that, just in case the people didn't see the movie. Because I know, in after the movie, there was the season opening where they mentioned that all the places they've been to and what they went through. You know, basically recapping the movie for the people who haven't seen it. So maybe that's why she was like that. Yeah. Just, just, I'm just stating a reason. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's just the way I see it. True, probably. But I, I feel like the experience that Twilight had during. The movie was kind of lost here because she she failed there because she thought that friendship sucks. But no, friendship was the thing that got her through. And her friends were there to back her up. She even made new friends, new allies. And this here like says like whatever you learn from your past experience doesn't count until she gets the boot from her friends. But still, that's I feel like they're just not acknowledging the movie. Well, Twilight isn't because Twilight is in a very real state of depression. Uh, and you don't, you aren't able to always fully take stock of your life when you're under the assault of your own emotion. So you're right that she is ignoring what has come before, but at the same time, that is a very relatable flaw that we all indulge in. 
we don't always take our past experiences into account. And sometimes we need someone to give us a good, a good talk to let us remind us, hey, remember this? Remember that? Remember? <laughs> Exposition. Exposition. But uh, also, you j just got me thinking. Did did Discord call in the storm? Oh, he could have gone back in. He could hmm. have gone back in time, turned himself into an Ursa Minor or Major, swiped off a young filly's horn, and guided her on the path of the Storm King, thereby bringing it to Equestria to test Twilight Illuminati firm. Oh God, no. That would be <laughs> pretty pretty dark of Discord, though. <laughs> let's hope not. Let's hope not. Anywho, let's carry on. So we see the villains uh, planning on what to do next because, well, they have to do something. T-Rex here says we should deal with the, uh, what you might call this, Windigos, while Chrysalis wants them around because, well, they could provide a good distraction. And Cozy Glow doesn't really want to do anything because it's too cold until she spots the main six out there. And, well, this is going to be fun because they're going to have a really good fight. So they approach the ponies and say, are you going to give up now? No? Okay, I'm going to bless you. I'm firing my laser. <laughs> Twilight teleports the group to a safe spot and they plan uh, Twilight, Rainbow Dash and Pinkie Pie be the distraction while the rest of the group uh, tries to get the bell. And... This here is pretty awesome. I just wish that Twilight and T-Rex Part 2 could have happened here, but nah, not really. So while they're fighting, Queen Chrysalis noticed that they're not really fighting us. They're kind of being a nuisance, being a distraction. And notice that, hey, the others are trying to steal the bell. Stop them. And stop them, they do. So before uh, they could, well, run away or anything, Queen Chrysalis grabs Spike and says that uh, surrender now or the dragon gets it. And they do. And well, let's just say that their time is almost up. The villains collect their powers and blast the heroes but somehow there's a shield protecting them. The group says, oh, Twilight, that's awesome. That's a really one powerful shield you have there. But she says, this is not me. What's going on? And we see up on the hill, the heroes, sorry, not the heroes, the allies that they had up on the hills, supporting them. And with that... Which is heroic. Yeah, true, true. And with that, we have a pretty awesome or pretty good fight scene with the other ponies or other creatures or so on. So uh, I'm not going to go through this fight. You can go watch it yourself. But let's just say that uh, Yak Smash is awesome. Very much imagine Endgame in the pony fandom. <laughs> true, 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 true. So anywho, uh, the main six are brought to the top of the hill where... Twilight asks, how, how are you guys here? What, what happened? And we get a recap of, well, the student six, where they tell every pony creature about, well, friendship and stuff. And like I mentioned before, this is kind of 
long, so go watch the episode himself. Because all of the creatures, all of the uh, what you call these ponies, tell them the value of friendship. And yeah, with that, everybody gathers around and works together to defeat the villains. And let's see. Um, I'm gonna pause here. So, uh, Tara, what do you think? Well, I really like how it all goes down because, I mean, first off, you know, Chrysalis, Tyrion, and Kozuko, they just like, oh yeah, you know, we'll just easily blast them. And they, oh my god, they missed. And then when Twilight thinks of a plan, it's like Rainbow Dash, uh, Pinky, you're with me. And then they're thinking, oh, we're going to get the bell because, you know, they're the hardcore ones, the ones that always go into the action. It's like, nope, we're the distraction. The side ones are going to get the bell. So it's like, finally, Applejack and Pinky Flush are going to do something more dangerous than just being a distraction. And I mean, can't really say much about, uh, you know, I mean, it's nice to see Tempest actually in the show instead of in the movie or Fizzle Pop. And I just like how this whole scene just reminds me of Avengers Endgame, but in Equestria. <laughs> <laughs> true, 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 true. And Silver, what about you? Well, me and Master Code got, or, sorry, Master Code and I got in a fight <laughs> over references. I'm like, yeah, it's Avengers Endgame. No, it's two towers. Lord <laughs> of the Rings. So, you know, pick your grand reinforcement. It's always a fun sight to see. Uh, backing up just a little to where Twilight says, you know, Flurry's the future if we fail. There's this weird motion by Flurry where she just sort of lifts a hoof and points. It's almost like, I, I look at this and I think, is she saying, yeah, go on. I got the rest. <laughs> Thinking metal awkward. Go forth and die. Do it. So... <laughs> that was just a, a weird chest. Uh, <laughs> Chrysalis, in my eyes, is channeling all the rage of every fly that had its swept off by a sadistic child. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, here. I'm going to do it to a dragon. <laughs> Ain't even a dragon fly. We're going full dragon. Oh, boy. Dragon, dragon. Rip the dragon. <laughs> all right, then. Chrysalis. Z. <laughs> uh, okay, but uh, the fight. Grand fight, but it's so gratifying to see pony the supporting creatures all come together way back in winter wrap up twilight made the assertion that working together ponies can achieve anything. but in every season finale there has been a magical intercession uh the elements of harmony cadence and shining armor's love fuel shockwave uh rainbow power it's very rare that the ponies have actually worked together to achieve the end result so in a way, this episode is a very long-awaited fulfillment of one, not just relying on six ponies to solve all the world's problems, but rather to see them inspire their neighbors, uh, both within and without Equestria, and to see them all come together to achieve things that even though no, you could argue that with Grogar's Bell, they could uh, curb stomp any army, but a combined army practicing their best strength, best strengths such as the axe stomping the ground to, uh, to shake them off balance. They're equal to Grogar, oh, sorry, Grogar Tirek, as he did with uh, Rocco. So it's fun to see that. It's fun to see that culminate uh, take part. And it was the most satisfying moment of the episode. And as uh, Torterra pointed out, is also the scene of, we can't afford these voice actors or have a cameo. <laughs> true, true. 
Ah, uh, boys. But anywho, I'm going to speed things up because, well, after this, uh, Twilight noticed that, okay, everybody's at their limits, so she will have to take up the mantle to finish this. So she does the whole magical speech and she gathers the, well, pillars, mentors, discord, and says that uh, without the uh, elements of harmony, sorry, um, the elements of harmony has always been within us uh, from the past to the present and the future. So she picks up the pillars, the pillars should bring the powers, the young six should bring the powers to Twilight, and the main six plus Spike should rainbow powers to Twilight, where Twilight does the whole, okay, I'm going to use rainbow blast to get rid of the uh, Windigos, and I'm going to depower you with my um, rainbow beam and destroy the bell. And all of the villains lose their power. And it seems that, well, before the villains could enact a counterattack, they are smooshed by cupcakes. Oh no! And chocolate rain. It seems that chaos magic has entered Pinkie Pie and Pinkie Pie, uh, yeah, it's a bit too much for her. Discord gets back her, sorry, Discord gets back his magic and things are back to normal. So, Celestia and Chris, sorry, Celestia and Luna can't think of a worse punishment for the villains. But Discord just says, yo, remember what you did to me before? How about you doing it to them? And can I help? And yeah, the three of them collect their powers and turn the villains into stone. Yes. So with that, we get to see Princess Celestia being proud of Twilight and her achievements. And she is ready now to ascend to the throne. But before Twilight ascends, she's going to postpone it because, well, the castle's broken, there's a lot of guests on the guest list now, and, well, Twilight says that, okay, I'm going to take a break because this has been very traumatic, and you know what? Me and my friends are going to Donut Joe's to have donuts. So, yeah, I'm going to see you guys later. And they have a nice chat about, they come this far, and with, and because of friendship and stuff, and episode ends. So, I'm, yeah, episode ends. So, Silver, what do you think? Well, of all these events, well, clearly the biggest point of debate is the punishment inflicted on the triad, but I'll, I'll cover that in a sec. There are some very positive things. Twilight's speech with, with the past, present, and future protectors of Equestria. This is a trinity at play. I talked about a triad. It's a power balance that is held by basically a stag held to stagnation. Trinity is the divine dam. It's being able to interact with others and grow without fear of losing yourself. And we see that in the pillars who are the beginning, the uh, main six who are the middle, and the student six who are the end of one story and the start of another. They they flow into one another, they grow. It's a sign of a very healthy balance. And it, as the show is very, very often emphasized harmony. I love the, uh, I love the contrast between the triad and the trinity of powers. 
Uh, I do not love the idea of Pinky having chaos powers. I saw this like... <gasps> just, uh... <laughs> I was like, nope. All my nope. I'm pretty sure the, the whole fandom froze in fear. <laughs> but... I read the comics. I know where this can go. But then we reach... Okay, so Discord can no longer say, I don't turn ponies to stone. Some people have pointed out that while Celestia and Luna's magic blasted the giant cupcake, it was Discord's lightning that conducted the petrification. I don't know if that's true, that if it wasn't a combined power. But the big thing, Chrysalis and T-Rex don't get uh, much sympathy. But people have reacted with very real horror to the idea of petrifying a child, if that is what Cozy Glow is. <laughs> I'm not sold on the idea that she is a child. But at the same time, I can argue like 50 points for and against why she is or is not. But uh, here's my thing. Ultimately, in a very real absence of information, I think they petrified an attempted murder. She was fully conscious of her actions, fully willing to commit them. And even that terrified expression she has at the end might just be a, another attempt at playing on your sympathy to weasel out of it. I was not horrified, mostly because, to me, Cozy is not an innocent child. See, she is something very different. All right, all right. And yep. Tara, what about you? Oh, I mean, Silver basically explained most of it very well. Me, I'm just theorizing at this point, but after the rainbow powers, they took away all the magic, you see Grogar's belt fall off to the side, like kind of rolling down the hill. And even though it's never addressed again, it makes me wonder, the bell is still there. Like, is it just a useless little bell? Or is there some sort of still magic there? Like, maybe Grogar's spirit is in there. And another thing, too, that I'm also curious about is when they turned Discord to stone, it was Celestia and Luna with the Elements of Harmony. But now it's Celestia, Luna, and Discord turning them to stone, which makes me wonder, too, is that because Discord was able to break out of stone later on and they reformed him. Now I'm theorizing here again. <laughs> is that maybe that the discord helped them out and be together forever because he said that he he said that maybe in the season 10 comics maybe just maybe they will break out and while they break out maybe grogar's spirit might be in the statue with them because they basically harnessed his powers and even though it got taken away there might be a little fraction of it so maybe grogar might still be in there and maybe they'll form up together and be like okay we're with the real grogar but again, I'm just guessing here. But in all in all, though, I liked how this ended. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Because even the ending too, where they're in Donut Joe's, it reminds me of the ending of season one. Yeah, that, that's a nice touch. And well, I, I mm. should have said final thoughts, but eh. so Silver, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Well, I'm not gonna say that this was a flawless ending. You guys have seen me being the joy of being on camera. I can be very physical <laughs> in expressing my frustrations. But uh, there were things that I wish could have been altered to give characters a better showing. But by and large, I really love seeing the culmination of the more positive messages of this show come together and having some pretty awesome battles, great number of cameos, and a sense that it's not, they aren't saying all problems are done forever. This is the end of one era and the start of a new one. And the story does not end. We just are saying goodbye right now. Until the season 10 comics, of which I have great hopes. Oh, true that, true that, true that. And Tara, how about you? 
Well, I really like this. I mean, again, I can understand why people were upset at some points. But in the end, I still liked it. I liked the lesson, how they sh they when Ty was freaking out, it's like, hey, we've been through ups and downs. Nothing is perfect. You'll always face problems, but we'll take it head on together. And then they face that problem. And then they find out that, you know, the Elders of the Harmony were just a symbol of their friendship, but it finds out that's inside them the whole time. And I like that. I like how some episodes, they point out a good lesson and that nothing is going to be perfect in this world. You'll always face some problems. All right, all right, all right. And as for me, this episode was <laughs> a lot of fun. I do like the whole scene where the opponents are fighting, and the lesson here was pretty awesome because uh, you don't you don't need some magical doohickey to defeat the villains. It sounds kind of hokey, but it's always been inside of you the whole time. And with the elements of harmony, it does make sense. But with that, um episode ends and series almost ending so if you guys are wondering why are we not covering the epilogue uh let's just say that we don't have much time here <laughs> well in some ways okay this is a question for to you both mm. do yes. you regard the last problem as a true canonical end or like myself would you say that strikes me as more of a what if Tara, go first. Hmm. That's a good question, actually. I appreciate I mean, you saying so. I, I like how it ends. Kind of. Because you see what happens. Like, all the creatures again together. You see dragons, everyone together. And the thing is, though, like, it actually makes me curious. But it is like, oh, that's... You just blew my mind. <laughs> but I do like... I mean, I'm not going to go into full into details because we'll probably talk about this on our free time in a podcast. I do like how it ends with the book closing because at the season one, episode one, it starts with the opening. So, you know, it's telling the story. And then with the epilogue, where you see Twilight and everyone else there, and the sun's going down, the book closes. And I've got to admit, I'm pretty sure that made, I mean, I cried a bit too when I saw it. <laughs> and I loved how it ended that way. I mean, and I also too, when I saw the last, the, this, the last episode, I was in a call with a couple of friends and everyone was just crying. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, but that's a good question, though. I'll probably get back to you on that when we uh, talk about it. Yeah. Personally, yeah. for me, I feel like the uh, epilogue is it's a, it's a strange one because it's happening in the future and Twilight is retelling her story to her student. So, in all honesty, I feel like it's canon, but Hmm. I, I I feel it's canon. It's just a retelling of how things went after the ceremony. And it's a lesson to Twilight student that, that I'm not perfect. Like I have my flaws. And because of my friends, uh it either overcome or covers up the flaw that I have. And we try to meet up and you know, stuff like that. Let's say for the epilogue when we uh, touch on that one. What about you, Super? Yeah. Well, like I said, one, I appreciate that I blew Terra's mind because I am the bomb. Yeah. Nice. Hey, careful though. When you confuse a Pokemon, they might hit themselves. Oh, no. Oh, no. But uh, how, how to describe this? You're right. I, the, the ending of the, the closing of the book is this wonderful touch. It, it got me in the heartstrings. Uh, 
Though I watching Paleo and, and Jax uh, shed tears over it was, I think, even more emotional. <laughs> uh, but I always, I've always viewed the epilogue, the the last problem, as a great what if. But it's not meant to close down creativity. There is a huge gap of time between the ending of the end and the world we see in the last problem. And so I think there's a lot you could still add to this. I just don't, I hope people will never let this flash forward limit their own imagination. If they like the idea of a, a character going a different route or, or growing in a different way, there's nothing stopping you from writing an alternate future and make that your own. And I guess that's my, my real concern. Not so much is it can or isn't it? Is it, <clears throat> does it limit you or inspire you? That's the bit, that's the real question. And so hmm. I like to be inspired. So I view it as a what if, and I can always dream up other what if. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. So anywho, um, I, I think we have time for a bit of questions. Fewer them. I, I believe we have at least about 15 minutes. All right. Then. Yes. So, uh, guys, if you have any questions for us regarding the uh, episode or whatever else, uh, do pop in the chat there below. We will look at it. All right. Well, we already got one question, actually. Right. Do you think Cozy Glow will be in the season 10 cop, uh, season 10 of the comics and or be reformed? Uh, Silver? I'm sorry. I, I, I heard you distort there for a minute. Something about... Do I think in the season 10 comics, who will be... Okay, uh, Cozy Glow. Cozy Glow. Hmm. It is very much a possibility. Uh, I, my sympathy towards Cozy would likely increase if I knew more about her history. She is a blank slate right now. Although, I will say, uh, at Winnie City last year, uh, the voice actress Cozy Glow was there, and people were asking her, oh, hey, hey, what's the story with Cozy Glow? Where are her parents? That was a big thing. Where are her parents? And she said, in her, in Cozy Glow's voice, Stay out of my room. <laughs> and I thought, that is so dark. I kind of want to see that in a comic, and I don't. Oh, bad imagination. Bad, bad. Hmm. All right. Uh, I, I don't know. As for me, we, we got no idea how the tone of the comic is for now. All we know that season 10, the first comic is going to be us visiting the land of the zebras. That's about it. So... It depends on the tone for me. Like, if the tone is um, middle of the ground, probably we'll see it. But I, I think <coughs> not because the, the comics haven't gone that dark since issue one or more. Like, I feel like the darkness has been toned down a lot. Even the Cosmo? Really? Yeah, I feel it because uh, to me, the most scariest scene in the comic was Andy Price's rendition of Queen Christus fighting with Twilight or just Queen Christus in general. But that's art, not story. But I don't know. I'm thinking here and they have to have a really good reason to pull Hosey out. Probably to admit to her crimes or something like that. I mean, probably, but the story has to be good. If not, we're going to have another Reflections arc on our hands. Hmm. 
I know I stated my reason about me theorizing about the villains reform or the villains coming back with Gorgor's spirit and then maybe they finally learn their lesson. So I, I can't really say much. I already made my uh, thoughts. All right. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, this one says, why does Silver Quill think Cozy is not considered as a child? Well, <clears throat> this has been mentioned by a lot of people over the fandom, but are you all familiar with Batman the Animated Series? Oh, yeah, I remember that one. <clears throat> yes. There was Baby Doll, a character who was basically her body stopped aging, even though she mentally had developed to adulthood. Now, is that the case here? Well, I'm, it's that's hard to say because uh, Cozy is... is I don't, man, I'm familiar with my words. It's not a great idea to say, well, it happened in this show, so it could happen in this show. They're two separate shows. At the same time, an idea can take multiple representation. For me, Cozy seems more an adult because she is able to both twist other people's logic, uh, explanations, and, and rhetoric in a way that even a, ch a child is good at pulling on your emotions. She's good at deconstructing your ideas. She also demonstrates tremendous magical understanding to create a portal to lead to another universe and take all the magic with it. That is, a child usually is having trouble with just basic mechanics. Case in point, the Cutie Mark Crusader is trying to rebuild a table in uh, the Stair Master. No, Scare Master. No, it is this. <laughs> wow. All these masters. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the World Cup Master. No, the <laughs> Stair Master, they try to rebuild a table, and they do an absolutely pitiful job of it. But advance a little later in the series they've grown and they're now able to make floats as a team so they're gaining aptitude cozy but even they can't can't uh learn magic on that scale cozy would have had to been at this for a lot longer as an adult however the way she expects power to immediately default to her is something that i think a child might fantasize about and might expect she isn't willing to acknowledge her limited status. So that's an argument that she might be a child. It's There's give and take on and multiple arguments on either side, which leaves it a bit nebulous. So uh, I'm just going to say, in the absence of a surety, I'm going to assume she's older than she lets on. That's, that's one way that's to look true. at it. Yeah. Uh, we got enough for maybe one more question? Oh, uh, sure. All right. Uh, what? Here's a question. What do you think Luna and Celestial will be doing after retirement? Hmm. This one is going... You know what? I, I do hope that we get to see what they're doing in the comics because uh, I can say a lot because we know that Celestia is a adrenaline junkie while Luna wants to get some r, &R. We all hope that she's a gamer, but um, nah, probably not. Who knows, right? In the comics, the, co the comics are bountiful with ideas. They can do almost whatever they want. Yeah. But honestly... Well, I think we do get a preview uh, with the princesses just taking a, a vacation. Let me try and charge. I hope they'll always stick together because that's how it's been for them, aside from Luna's banishment, which was the start of everything going wrong. 
But uh, I also hope that they'll give themselves permission to spend some time up. And who knows? They, they're now in a position where they don't have to act the role of princess. And the funny thing is that over the course of the show, we've seen more of the Celestia's character behind the princess. Whereas in the opening, she was mostly defined by that role. Hmm. I have a question for you guys. <laughs> so forty-two. <laughs> so uh, we, we all here seeing the episode have an inkling of what's going to happen in season ten. But do you think that season ten is going to be uh, similar to what's going on in the epilogue, or is going to be like in the comics where? Uh, the how do I put this? Where season ten is just going to be flashback after flashback, or it's going to be its own thing. For me, I feel like the comics for season ten, because I feel like in the show it's basically done talking about the main six. Like you know, to, unless there's new problems, like you know, maybe Twilight has more problems when she's older. Maybe the council, whatever, can't come together. I feel like the comics are gonna, the comics are going to be focused more on the background characters. Like I know during the show, I wanted to see Zakora and like her home village or whatever, because I want to see more of Zakora because I like Zakora. But we never saw that show. But once I heard that was in the comics, like okay, we're getting somewhere. I want to get to know more about the side characters. Prepare to be disappointed. <laughs> <sighs> oh, oh, Norman, the pessimist. No, man, like, every time when we get excited for something, the fourth chapter of the end always has a rush ending. And this always happens in the comics for whatever reason. So, uh... Right, do you want me to play some, like, goth music for you? Maybe express your inner pain. <laughs> it's okay. What about you, Silva? I don't know what to expect, and maybe that I won't say that's the be that's the best expectation to have is none. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. The, the main six can deal with new problems. They can flesh out uh, other characters. All things are possible because here's the key thing. I've always felt that the comics have to face a limitation that the show can contradict them at any turn, which it has several times. As such, you can really pour something into a story that could teach a lesson and grow, help the characters grow, but then it could be undone by the main show. Now that that limitation is lifted, do the creative writers have greater freedom to do something? And that'll be my biggest fascination. What will the characters get to? But either way, pony challenge. <laughs> okay, all right. And I actually I have uh, one here. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not necessarily uh, I don't think it's necessarily a question, but I feel like this should be read just so it can make someone happy. This is from Sweetie Bloom. Mm -hmm. She says, ah. "Has Silver been throwing his balls at you, Torterra?" <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Um. I, I, um. Uh, well, just, we... just out of context. Just want to point out she means these kinds, not the other kind. People, get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> As you can see, he has plenty of uh, of uh, blue balls around him. <laughs> yes, I have plentiful balls. 
And we should probably leave it at that before yeah. the basket people are like, Eric, cut it out, cut it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're going to be like, Wait, what are these guys doing? So, uh, so anyway, if you guys have any questions, concerns, or suggestions for the show, you can contact us at imbshowgmail.com. You can also reach us on the Twitters. The show's Twitter account is at show, and my personal Twitter account is at Roman Sanzo. Uh, Silver, where can the good people find you? Oh, you're all going to find me lots of places. First off, you can find me uh, later on this afternoon in the Lunar Hall, where I will be talking about Law and Order Equestria. Building off the punishment of the triad, we're going to talk about equestrian justice and the, the conflict of what's the point of punishment. Oh, wow, that's a nice follow-up. It, it worked out well. I did. I wish I could say I planned <laughs> this, but nope. Uh, I, on average, you can find me on Twitter under MLP Silver Quill. You can also find me on DeviantArt under the same name. Uh, you can support my videos on Patreon or Ko-fi. Just do a search for Silver Quill. On YouTube, if you search for Silver Quill or After the Fact, I Shall Appear. And on, on Fridays, I'm doing Fulfillment Fridays, where I, where I uh, work on Patreon rewards and usually uh, artistic endeavors with a guest host. I just had a wonderful time talking with Dusty Cat last night. And I promise that while it's been a while since my last video, I am working on uh, Point of No Return, which features an interesting comparison that I'm hoping people won't be expecting. <laughs> Okay. So I will look forward to, to that. All right, all right, all right. And Tara, where can the good people find you? Well, they can't find me anywhere else on BabsCon Online because this is unfortunately my only panel appearance. But I do appreciate BabsCon make, uh, accepting the application because this is my very first panel appearance. Well, at least online. But probably after this experience, I might head to BabsCon next year in person. And who knows, maybe you guys will see me. I mean... I'll, I'll be honored if uh, I got a couple of autographs signed, you know? I mean, I never got that kind of treatment on, like, Silver over there, you know? <laughs> oh, no. I'll ask for an autograph. <laughs> but if you want, you could also find me on my Facebook, DeviantArt, Twitter, and YouTube page under the name Torterra1324. You could also find me on my Patreon page and Ko-fi page under the same name Torterra1324. All righty then, all righty then. Also, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes, YouTube. Don't forget to press the bell icon to stay up to date and stitch your radio and also like our Facebook page. You can also catch us on PlayLive.com. So, what else? Yes, uh, if you would like to support the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash show. With your support, you get a week's early access to review, discussion, podcasts, exclusive and deleted content so yeah uh well we've been going on for long now and i guess this is a good time to wrap it up so i have been norman sanzo i am the silver quill and i am torterra1324 and we'll guys catch you next time with another further episode of the bs show see ya adios have fun And now I need to actually let people know that we're pleased. Hey, this is ending. Hey, this is the end. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. True, true, true. This is the end, my January friend. We're still, I should mention, we're still streaming, so save those profanities for just a little bit longer. I mean, we, oh, we, son we, of a biscuit. We, we never say nothing naughty like that. Push pa. Nah. This was a lot what? of fun, though. It was my very first panel appearance. True, 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 true. Uh, there we are. <laughs> there are so many panel rooms that it can be hard to find just the right one. True that. And three, two, one.